We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out bluewirepods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. All right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of the Wombo Combo Podcast. That's right. I'm Breaking CPK, joined as always by BSJ. And we are here back once again on now Monday. Looking forward to talking some more competitive focused Dota 2 news. So thank you for joining us. Welcome to the show. Obviously, uh, we appreciate everyone tuning in, especially if you haven't followed the channel yet. Feel free to do so. It lets you know when we are live amongst other podcasts in the esports realm, but especially this one, of course, focusing on Dota 2. Uh, as always, OPSJ, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I got some <clears throat> recently purchased key lime cookies, and they are absolutely delicious that I've decided mm. to snack on just now in a very professional manner. Uh, otherwise, I'm great. Just uh, been all, you know, living the streamer life and, uh, and such. So been nice in New York. It's kind of weird, but... Obviously, everyone's in face masks and everything, and then yeah, there's most places aren't very busy because everyone's inside. So uh, the hour or two that I am outside every day, just like seeing New York barren, it's kind of weird. So I bet, yeah, it's great. It, it, this weekend for uh, myself, uh, my family, and I, we. The weather was amazing. It's the first like really good weather that we've had all year, and but uh, obviously with everything going on, it's a little unique. Uh, you know, you can't really go. You know, go to the beach, go to the park. Although some people are, that's a whole other story. But we made a point to stay at home and uh, just enjoy the, the way that we could uh, in our backyard. So we we did some grilling, you know, hung out and enjoyed it, uh, walking the dog around, etc. So it, it was a good weekend here as well making the best of the the situation here and yeah i'm only really getting to go outside for like an occasional run and then uh like grocery store and stuff but just yeah. for like the bare necessities but that's that's the time we live in and it's all good and i think the as people are even pointing out myself and i'm sure you uh the lack of haircuts are uh, definitely oh, starting absolutely. to be noticeable <laughs> what i uh i started this is what my hair looked like when i was in high school Oh yeah. So yeah, like my my head hair. Obviously, my facial hair. You know, that's that's a whole other story. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, like why you can't get your hair cut anywhere. So unless you're doing it yourself, I think it probably looks better like this than it does with me trying to cut it. So, right. <laughs> oh, not Just, that that's saying much, but yeah. 
do as you can with it. So yeah, luckily my, my wife has been uh has been fine. But we we've done this idea like you know let's just grow it out. Let's see how it looks. So we'll see ultimately uh, what the reaction is, and maybe she'll get to the point where it's like I gotta cut it. I gotta cut it down, but. It hasn't hit that point yet, thankfully. So, yeah, just yeah. It out here. we're we're getting there. We're getting there. We are. Well, someplace uh, we're not getting to. <laughs> All right, so let's kick off the show here with uh, some big news that came out this last week. Um, Valve officially announcing that the international is postponed. Uh, that's how we'll put it. Um, again, this is it's it's not. The most surprising news ever. These last couple of shows, even you and I have been discussing the possibility. In fact, last show, we, we definitely had brought it up. We had some discussion on it. You know, what could they possibly do, et cetera. You know, the fact that it's in Sweden, one of the few, if not the only country that's staying open in a lot of ways. It was the speculation, maybe they are going to try something. We have Absolute now. Valve made it very clear. It's not happening. It is not going to be happening. And so as they put it, at this point... They're looking to host TI-10 in 2021, sometime earlier on in 2021 would be my guess. Um, so as a result of this uh, postponement or cancellation, again, however you want to look at it, um, there's a couple you know, big questions off the bat. Like, well, what does that mean about the Battle Pass? They did state they are still planning to release a Battle Pass. It will be a little bit later on than hoped for. Couple reasons: one, because of the postponement, but two, because their employees are working from home like everyone else, and that causes its own issues, of course. Uh, but they do plan to still have it. That twenty-five percent of that money towards the battle pass will go towards the TI Ten prize pool. So that is still the plan. That is still set to happen. Uh, and then they also went on further to say that they are looking to restructure this current DPC season that we're in into the fall. Uh, so. Ideally, I think, you know, reading into that, at least we could still have another, the fourth and fifth minor major cycles, potentially even the thirds that essentially got canceled a lot of ways, almost rescheduled, replayed, made up, basically, going into TI-10. Now, obviously, this is all just in the works right now, and stuff could still be delayed further, I hate to say it, but, you know, we really don't know what what's going on right now as far as the, the future goes but that's at least Valve making a point that they're, they're trying to take initiative finally uh, not, not finally but they are trying to take initiative and plan around what uh, what is going on here so um, yeah BSJ what, what was your reaction when you heard all this and what are you going through? Oh, I just think the major reaction needs to be so what happens with TI-11 you know I, I highly doubt they're going to have TI-10 in like January or February and then TI-11 in August you know that doesn't sound True. Like a long enough season, nor does it. I think part of TI, just like anything like the Super Bowl, is the fact that there's a year apart with it. It really does amp up the hype and all that kind of stuff. So, and obviously the novelty aspect of the event itself. So, I I'm more concerned about that. I think all the things in the near future, it's really not too complicated. I think they're just going to, you know, the three majors that it got delayed or canceled this year are going to be reinstated for in terms like when they're going to be played at some point between now and ti 10 uh i I wouldn't be too surprised if they just played this recent major with the rosters that were supposed to go Hmm. or something like that if there's like too many teams that are changed maybe they'll just rehost some qualifiers like that to me is a question up in the air how are they going to do that uh and then uh you know it's going to be like a two-year recovery process where you know maybe ti 11s and October or November or something. And then TI 12 is in the next August. You know what I mean? So it's like nine months between each TI, or are they just going to straight up, you know, skip TI 11 for next year where you just have like another year and a half between TIs. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they either have the option to do like a year and a half, nine months, nine months, or, or like, it'd be like a year and four months, nine months, nine months, or like a year and four months. And then, a year and a half, you know, what, what, what are they going to, Yeah. how are they going to work that out is the question. So uh, I'm sure that'll be answered soon enough as well. When I say soon enough, I mean, you know, before <laughs> next year <laughs> with, with Valve, but uh, those are the things that immediately come to mind for me. That's, that's interesting. Cause that, that, that is not one thing that, that hit me until you're saying that, but that is certainly 
something to think about because yeah, it's if it's happening even in the January February time frame, it, the likeliness that they would then host another TI six months later, it does feel a little uh, a little odd. Um, I, I will I'll, I'll say this just kind of off like my initial reaction out to that statement. Who's to say TI needs to be in August, right? And like I understand the idea that. Yes, for the nine TIs that we've had, it's always been in the same month, around the same dates even for the most part. And sure, you have comparisons like the Super Bowl, which is compared to a lot of cases. But that does usually line up within a certain time frame every single point of the year. But esports is different at the same time a lot of ways. The traditional sports have to deal with a lot of these outside factors right when it comes to weather field conditions etc in the case of football as i'm bringing up that example we don't need to worry about that so so really who is to say that there needs to be ti every august this could potentially be a changing tides of okay we have ti you know in january or february whatever it is let's just set up the new season and nine months later that's the next ti and almost start this new cycle of every nine months is a two i nine to ten months is a new ti so every year potentially will be a different month but I, I'm not opposed to that. I mean, I, I, obviously, this is me kind of just reacting in the moment, but I, I could certainly see that as a reaction to what's going on here. Yeah, there's a lot of ways they can go about this. I'm pretty sure when you have anything of this magnitude going on in the world, literally every business out there has to come up with some somewhere between like a two to three year recovery plan. Uh, I think it's reasonable that anytime any hardships go on in life, usually it'll take somewhere either between one to two times as long as that hardship lasted to actually uh, restore back to normal. It's kind of like when you get injured, right? So uh, I I, I think in this case, uh, Valve is probably going to lay out a plan eventually. And when they talk about TI-11, that's really going to establish this. I think that once they establish a date for TI-10, they're probably going to say something about TI-11. I would have to imagine or at least say, like, hey, guys, like, we're sure it's on your mind. This is what we're going to do. Or, like, we'll let you know, that, you know, this time or whatever. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I just – I'm looking forward to hearing their plan. I'm sure it'll be reasonable. Everything they've done so far has been reasonable. So it's sad, obviously, to think that there's not going to be a TI first time in – <clears throat> 10 years that there's not going to be one but uh you know a lot of people are expressing how about they just do like an online event or something and it's like fact is ti wouldn't be ti if you removed like any of the yeah. factors of ti so i think it's much better much better that they're doing what they're doing maintain the awesomeness of the event and uh just have it later Better late than never. Yeah, yeah, and I, I agree there. I, again, that's another thing we did talk about, the, the fact, the idea of doing it online, but then you run into the obvious issue of it have to be by region base, and, and it just, yeah, it's not that, that feel that ATI should have or deserve. So I certainly think this is the the best best direction, arguably, that they could go in considering the circumstances. Um, but yeah, it goes back to the point, like, they, they don't even know, I'm sure. It's not like they have this full game plan now of like, oh, this is what we're going to do for, you know, they, they, I'm sure I'm still trying to figure a lot of it out and talk it out and, and see what, uh, see what's going to come of it, of course. But, um, it, it is a, certainly a very interesting development and a lot of the reactions myself and so many others where it's, as, as you stated right there, it's, it's sad, but completely understandable, uh, with what we're going through, but, uh, the fact that they're even still trying to make up the the remaining of the season is almost the thing that I I guess that does surprise me the most, and I'm glad to see because they could have easily just said, you know, we're we're going to host TI in the what like an October time frame or something like that, and just take the DPC points as they are now, and then lead into that, and you know we potentially could have been fine with that, but I think it is cool that they are trying to at least um, make the season as a full part still happen rather than just the uh, TI itself. So. Um, yeah, cool to see uh, from Valve. Again, unfortunate, but at the same time, understandable with what uh, what is going on there. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to esports to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. BetOnline has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. 
all open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. Guys, looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in a discreet package. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, B-L-U-E-CHEW.com. Promo code BLUEWIRE. So, kind of a twist on this now. We figure with this announcement coming out, um, kind of twisted into maybe a fun topic of discussion is... Figured, why, why not talk about uh, the TIs of the past to an extent and give our personal lists uh, of TIs that we, uh, ranking TIs essentially, so from worst to best. Now, I, I'll, I'll preface this with, obviously the international every year, you know, brings something massive to the table, it is unique, it's great, etc. So there's never really been a very bad TI, at least I don't think so, I mean you might have a different opinion, but... Um, I, I certainly think you could you could uh, rank them as uh, at least that that's what I was able to do. So, so do, do you have a list together? I do not have an official list, but I okay. did do some thinking prior to this stream, so I have a good idea of what I'm going to say, and I'm curious to see what you say as well. So, I want I, I think I'll lead off with what I think the worst TI was, okay. and I'll kind of let you maybe take the next one or two, and I'll, I'll see where you're at. Um, but my worst TI was 100% TI four. <laughs> If you're looking at, I'm looking purely from like the meta perspective. Uh, I'm not always the best at always linking what metas were to what TI. Uh, usually, eventually it comes back. Like uh, it also is like what meta was around the pubs. You know, I remember with TI five, Faceless Void Tinker were in literally every pub. Um, but then like the main hero of the of the tournament itself was like Lena Leshrac where Leshrac being like one of the most, like being the most defining hero of TI five storm spirit from Sumail and everything. But TI four, that was the razor death prophet shadow shaman nature's prophet meta where the games were all like push base at like 14 minutes into the game or something. So I, despite some of those games being insane with like the universe chronos, but like you said, Every TI in its own right is does have some amazingness to it, but I think that one in general, the average game was incredibly boring. All right, well, BSJ, I got to say our lists are already looking identical because uh, nice. I, I now the interesting thing is I put TI four for for different reasons. So so it's interesting to hear the idea of that the heroes that were picked throughout it, et cetera, the meta that went with it. For me personally, it was more of the format of the of TI and kind of looking back, it it hit me that this was the only time that they did a full 16 group. Everyone plays each other in the group stages. Best of one. And that idea oh, wow. is just it, it It was it's very like, OK, you're not really like if they did like a Swiss format, which I've definitely been advocating for. very That would have been great. Or at least best of two, best of three, potentially. Obviously, that's a lot more matches, though. But yeah, so it's the only time that they've done that. And then that went into a uh, what then the 10 teams qualified uh, from there to a bracket. So not every team went to the playoffs on top of that. Only 10 of the 16 teams were the playoffs. So the format itself was just really not a great format um, when it came to especially. Was that also the event. year that like only top eight got money? Uh, what year? Let me actually double check. That's, uh, that it, there, it was either TI4 or TI3. That was the last year that only top eight got money. It was 13th through 14th got money. Only 21,000, but they, they got money. So, no, that must have been the year before, potentially. Okay, because there was one year that I know, like, Jimmy was at TI. I know Brax has gone to three TIs and made no money. It was TI3 was the last one. Yeah. Okay, he's gone to, like, two or three <laughs> TIs and made no money. I remember That's talking cool. to him about that. No offense to Brax, obviously. This isn't like trying to call him out or whatever. I just know that it, 
it's weird for people to think now where like eighth place is getting 700k or some shit yeah that at one point people just didn't get any money if they made it to ti and didn't get top eight so um that to me makes like i automatically think that they've gotten better like now that you've mentioned structure because it's like i i almost always think of ti's as like the games and the heroes play like the main thing from ti4 i remember is the meta i remember like the uh sing sing meepo games like those are the things i remember uh I, that was also my first ti as a spectator which is kind of funny okay um i never went to the other ti's but for me uh like the like going to the, like the second worst TI by like in terms of meta and like heroes chosen, there is not one in my opinion that's even close to as bad as uh, TI four. So for me, I'd almost have to go like TI one because there's only forty heroes in the pool, and I also like I've seen a few of the replays and stuff, and Dota back then was just was just bad, <laughs> like uh, in comparison to what it is now. Um, and even though there's like Dendi, you know, and Avi all winning that icons of the of the dota 2 scene i personally have no emotional connection to ti1 because i wasn't even watching dota at the time that's fair um, so what about you for a second so yeah just to clarify it was newbie uh winning ti4 newbie over vici gaming oh, just yes, to, yes. for people to, to remember to help you uh give reference to which one we're talking about there uh for then going up the list so you had ti1 i i personally put ti2 uh as my interesting as my second one, um, again, this goes back to IVTI is great, etc. But th- this is, yeah, TI4 was the obvious one for me. And then it started to get a little bit more like, okay, it- it's already becoming increasingly uh, more difficult. But I, I don't know, T- TI2, even-, even looking back at the teams and everything, it, it was... It was very China dominated outside of Navi. And so this is pre a lot of the regions really having better influence when it came to the impact in the uh, in, in TI itself, especially. So um, now Navi, of course, they were arguably one of, if not the best team uh, going into that TI. They did end up losing in the grand finals to Invictus Gaming uh, three to one right there. But TI2 for me. It didn't necessarily do it. it was a ch- they got close to do it being the, being a repeat right off the bat, which would have been something. And obviously changed all the storylines what we had now with OG. But uh, but yeah, Ti uh, two was up the list for me. Um, do you have I would have to agree that that one's definitely in my bottom three or four. But there's also for me the sentimental value of that's when I did start watching Ti or watching Dota. I started playing Dota in 2012, so like two or three months prior to. Uh, the international two was when I started started playing, so I was all on the you know Navi fanboy hype train kind of thing. Uh, so for me, I just remember watching that, and I was automatically rooting for Navi just because everyone knew they were like the fan favorites and stuff. Um, and so I, I I still remember like the initial passion that was instilled in me for Dota after watching that specific event. But uh, I definitely have to lean in general, as we've already kind of already done, to the earlier TIs being just not as good. Um, I do think TI3 is going to escape my bottom four list, though. Uh, I do think TI3 was, like, at least the finals was just one of the most iconic series of Dota history. Um, In terms of... I'm looking at the rest of the finals, right? And I have to say that based on that, I would probably have to go with the fourth lowest being TI6. Uh, there, For me personally, I was not at that event. That's the one TI since TI4 that I have not gone to. Uh, but also, I, I don't mean to be rude to like Moo, who's like a pretty good butt of mine, as well as Resolution. I think DC kind of fluked their way into that top two. And, like, Wings just dumped on them. Like, they picked, I think, Pudge Techies or something one game and then just proceeded to destroy them. So uh, I I do think in terms of, like, the excitement at the end of the tournament, TI6 would be fourth for me and TI, like, fourth from the bottom, and TI7 would be fifth from the bottom. It's... 
Okay, that, now that's interesting. So I was going to say, up until this point, you, you're actually very, very close. Because, again, I had TI4 at the last. Uh, then I went to TI2. And then TI1 I had in that third from the bottom, seventh place, however you want to look at it. And then I had TI6 in the fourth from the bottom. So for okay. similar similar points there, it's it, it had the wing story, which was amazing. But, yes, the, the fact with DC situation fluking in, and OG, the massive disappointment that they had at TI6. Oh, yes. Was I think a huge storyline there that was kind of made it you know really unfortunate, depressing, especially in myself, you know, being an OG fan, even back in that days, like so many else. So um, Ti six uh, there, and then so you put Ti you would put Ti seven in that next spot. Interesting. So I actually went to Ti three next. So. Okay. Because, like, you're, you're right, and the finals, if we were just ranking pure finals, it would be a top three, if not top two, potentially top one. You get the point. It was obviously an yeah. amazing grand finals there between Alliance and Na'Vi. However, it was just a lot of that. Those were the dominant teams in that event in a lot of ways, and then they ended up meeting in the grand finals and made for such an epic uh, finals there. So I think as the event as a whole, though, um, putting it in the middle there is is certainly where where I think it, it's where it fits. Um, and it kind of goes back to your point, too, that a lot, a lot of these earlier TIs, understandably, are a little bit lower down the list. I think... Um... Like obviously, there's so many different factors. If you were to perfectly make this list, it would probably have to be like four or five different subsections where each section has like a ranking of the TIs, right? Because certain TIs, like you said, I, I agree that the earlier TIs in general were less competitive, um, thus making them overall less exciting. But I also think that some teams like completely dudding out can sometimes be like fun <laughs> for the yeah. event. Um so, like, a lot of my list has not only been based off of, like, emotional connection to the event or lack thereof, but also just how much I remember it. Like, what I remember about that event. So, I specifically, like, I, uh, to be honest, it was too early on in Dota for me. I don't remember anything else from TI3 unless you were to mention it other than the finals. But I specifically remember watching those finals, and they're still memed about to this day. So, part of me has to imagine, like... A lot of the other Dota two, a lot of the other people in the Dota two community do share that sentiment with me. Um, but then again, I would still have to put that next. So I would do TI six, TI seven, then TI three, um, and I would say next would probably have to be TI. It probably have to be TI nine for me. I, I actually think uh, TI nine for me was. I've talked about it a lot on stream. I've probably mentioned it on here. It's always hard to remember exactly where I mentioned things. Uh, the broadcaster perspective part of it <laughs> was not nearly as memorable as TI-8. Um, just working in a foreign country where a lot of things went wrong, a lot of miscommunications, a lot of hecticness behind the scene. That event for a lot of the talent I know was pretty much us just having to make sure we do, did our job as best we could and it left very little time for enjoyment of the events, to be honest. So okay. um, in comparison with TI-8, which I'll obviously talk about a bit later, um, I think obviously OG winning their second TI is awesome, and that's why I would still put it up in the top three. I also think the the meta and like the competitiveness of the tournament itself was fantastic. Uh, so I only mentioned why I'm making it like prior to this last few statements, I had really only mentioned why I didn't rank it first or second. Um, but it still was an incredible TI. I obviously got to be a part of it for myself. So that was in a selfish way. I would still rank it highly um, because it is still an honor to be a part of TI. It's not like I regret doing it or anything. I'm just obviously comparing it to uh, the top two positions for TI for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, when I look at the meta, like the carry wisp and stuff, like, I have fond memories already of Ritsu trash-talking the entire North American region for not being able to beat first pick Alk and then watching it win OG, you know, the, the upper bracket finals. Um, so that, to me, gives some good laughs and stuff. So uh, a lot of funniness to that one. But uh, that, that, that I've said enough. What, what What's your third? Okay, so I, I think we're going to do a point where it might just be best to, to finish it off here because okay. uh, we are kind of overlapping a little bit. So my so fourth place for me was actually I had 
TI-5. Interesting. Um, okay. So I put TI-5 as my fourth spot. I then had TI-9 as my third place. So I guess that's that okay. the same as you there. Uh, then I had TI-7 as my second. Yeah, uh, so sure liquid bias. That, I, know, that, I know. That, that's our that's our little bit of a uh, little bit of bias difference there. there. Yeah. Now it's it, okay. Liquid bias, kind of not really, but more so. It was the only okay, not the only because I, I was at TI one as I've mentioned before, technically. But TI seven was the one that I really. It was the only one that I've been to as like a true fan and enjoyed it in person and everything. So a little bit of bias there, but the atmosphere that was there with Liquid having their run against all these Chinese teams, uh, especially it wasn't just one. You know, is it, it was like there was it was them VP and then like four or five China teams in the remaining part of the event. Liquid I remember started that tournament in the lower bracket, didn't they? Or did uh, they just lose the first upper bracket round? Is that what it was? They lost the first. Let, let me let me double check now because yeah, I, I believe be sure. they either they were they were one of the two. I believe they lost the first. The, upper they bracket lost round. to Invictus Gaming in the beginning, and then they, yeah. that's where they made their run all the way through. Yeah. To them beating Definitely them. the sickest run in TI history. In yeah, my that was, uh, yeah, absolutely. And it was not an easy run by any means. They had to go through the likes of LGD, LFY, who that going into that event and at the group stages was arguably the best team there. Then, of course, Newbie in the grand finals they had to be VP. So, yeah, it was a hell of a run. Uh, and again, a little bit of bias because I was there in person. But uh, that's where I had them. Uh, that's why I had TI7 in that uh, second place spot. So, then that goes in to the first place, which, if I'm not mistaken, we are uh, on a connection here. But uh, TI-8, the last one remaining, uh, it's it's hard to when, – when I was putting this list together, the bottom and the top for me was the easiest. The bottom with TI-4 yeah. and then the top with TI-8, absolutely hands down the best TI I've witnessed. It had not only the amazing run of OG, the event as a whole was was epic from the group stages to the playoffs, but then it had arguably the best grand finals we've ever seen in Dota 2. So yeah. everything was so perfect about it um, in so many ways. So yeah, TI-8, hands down, my number one for best TIs. I, I don't think there's much else to say. Uh, I will quickly elaborate that I put TI-5. I would put TI-5 a second. Yeah. Uh, a lot of fond memories for me. I was there as a fan. Uh, obviously, North American Dota was at its prime at that time, and also I think there were a lot of like good memes. Like that was when Secret just fucking flopped uh, in the in the playoffs. They went into the upper bracket and then like lost two series in a row. That was the time where like they all walked out in sunglasses when it was like Arteezy's eye right. puppy, and uh, so like I'm just mentioning some of the failures of that event. But then I also just remember how like dominant C deck was looking. And it, it, it'll never leave my memory how they lost the tournament because their mid player couldn't play Lush. <laughs> like that to me says so much about Dota. Like it, it's obviously, you know, the nerd in me uh, about like the Dota meta and everything like that. But if you can lose a TI because your mid players short one hero pool of a, of a, of a super meta mid laner, that's just crazy to me. And then also you have the factor that that was like Sumail's breakout year. I think he is and will continue to be one of the most influential and iconic players in the in the entire Dota 2 scene. That was the whole DAC with EG into obviously winning TI. Um, but then with TI8, I just want to say as a caster, like that was my first event. That was my first major event, really. I'd only really done Summit up until that point, um, which I'm not like taking away from Summit, but like, <laughs> you know it's 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 like That's an hour flight i'm saying it's like an hour flight for me and they flew me out because i'm living in arizona and they they're in california so it was just a very easy event they gave me their first my first shot so up until that i'd been doing these like local small summits like 16 tournaments where we're all staying in a little house or like online qualifiers and i got to do ti8 and that to me was just an eye-opening jaw-dropping experience that i'll never forget i got to meet so many new people there it's not just like the work itself um but it's also the fact that uh like the the location vancouver was incredible yeah, and right. the food was incredible like everything about like honestly the games the tournament itself and everything surrounding it for me was just perfect it'll be one of the fondest memories i will ever have in my entire life so yeah. uh very like i i I agree with you on every level that you said. And then for me, there's even like an extra three or four 
<laughs> like emotional sentiments for me there. So yeah, it, it's lucky to be in a spot to to even remember. You know, is, you can say that line of "I was there." I mean, you yeah. were literally there. I was there watching online, like so many hundreds of thousands, millions of people, even so. Um, yeah, I just remember T the fourth game of the finals that. Kyle and I were doing the after show for like the late night show. Yeah. So we had to be there like 15 minutes prior. And so we just started walking over during game four because it was so ugly. But we were both like watching it on our phone. Um, And like 40 minutes or like 30 minutes into the game, we're like, should we go back? (laughs) Like, no, should we should we go? Like, Is Seb ah, really like, gonna carry this game? Yeah, and then like five or ten minutes later, we're like, dude, we should go back. <laughs> so we we ended up being back for like the last five or ten minutes of that game, and the crowd was just insane for that game. Which like I only got to experience a small bit of that crowd, but absolutely mind numbing. And then uh, obviously rinse and repeat for game five, which I was there for every second of because. Just like everyone else, if you had lost faith in OG, you were not counting them out when they were down by something like 5K after the landing stage or whatever in game mm-hmm. five. So, uh, yeah, just I could I could go on for hours. I know we're probably running over a bit, so I'll, I'll, I'll stop there. Never running over talking TI. Nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah, you know, what? a couple more things that I had, too, on uh, TI9, actually. As odd as this might sound... I actually think for the the epicness of what could have been, and obviously the, you know, the grass is always green or whatever, but I, I was in a lot of ways rooting for LGD to go back to the grand finals to face OG over Liquid. Because sure. not only would it have given us that rematch of the previous year, of course, but in China especially, that crowd would have been that much more amped. I mean, we know what the Chinese crowd, unfortunately, it seems, it seems to be a little bit of, you know not as high for the non-Chinese team. So I was really looking forward to that. You didn't get that, but obviously, still, those grand finals were were epic in their own right, and certainly a great TI too. But, um, uh, and then one other thing too that you made a point about uh, TI five. Um, looking back at that, it is interesting to note that obviously, you know, EG won it and everything. But going back to C deck, that was almost an OG story in itself in a lot of ways because they actually yeah, had they were to, not favored at all going into that. No, they they had to win a wild card, which it was a, yeah. that format that they ran up until a couple like three TIs ago. Um, where, yeah, they had to qualify at TI, essentially, <laughs> to even make it to TI. And uh, then they go all the way to the grand final. So that was uh, they, they could have been the first in a lot of ways to have that storyline, but cut short by the great EG of North America. All right. Always fun to reminisce about uh, TI and good moments there. Um, so, yeah, I figured that would be a fun, fun talk to have there. Um, moving along, another, you know, let, let's just get into it because why not? Uh, another thing that we, we kind of hinted at last week and figured, all right, let's just save it for for next week. But you can kind of tie it in with, you know, the NFL draft happened recently. And oh, we're postponing this again. Oh, do you, I, I, are you ready? I mean, uh, I am ready, but at the same okay. time, like I'll be just as ready next week. And we did talk a long time at TI, so I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine to we postpone did. it again if you want. We did. We did. Uh, Let's postpone it. You know what? Let, okay, let, we're yeah. going to keep the tease going. <laughs> Let's keep the yeah, tease there going. There you go. Because, yeah, I think we're, that... We better make this freaking epic now, because <laughs> at this point, uh, delaying it twice for the one guy in chat that was here saying, I was waiting for this. Uh, we, we must make it epic now. It's it's going to be epic, I'm sure. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll save that for next week's show, though. Again, more, more discussion to be had, if anything. Uh, trying to, you know, keep make sure we have some fun topics to talk about every show. And, again, this one, the TI one, kind of came up last, last minute here. Um, but uh, that was certainly fun fun to go over. So, uh, we'll, we'll save that for next week, the the one with the drafting of players and stuff. Um, but uh, I guess that we can jump into just events that are currently happening right now. Just kind of some recapping. Uh, some updates of uh, the more important things that are taking place. Uh, of course, that starts with WePlay, uh, the Pushka League, that uh, is happening. Both uh, they actually have a Division One and a Division Two, but Division One the big focus naturally. And the group stages are getting to a point where it's starting to wrap up. There, of course, this, they got the European and the CIS regions um, by Wednesday this week. So yeah, midweek is when we'll know officially the top four teams in each of those groups advancing on to the playoffs, and then that's when the playoffs begin. So interesting storylines already throughout this event. 
One of the more notable ones is the fact that uh, both the OG teams, OG especially, uh, and then OG Seed, of course, they have, they're actually done. They, they, are, they finished at the bottom of the European region in that sixth and seventh place. Um, not the best performances from them. Uh, obviously, OG, I believe OG was using, were they using stand-ins for this? Hold on. I swear they were. But I might be wrong, actually. They were using one stand-in, and then mid one was playing mid with 200 ping. And, That's right, uh, yeah. And Samael was playing carry with 120 ping. And I had people come to my chat after that one. Uh, mid one had a game on Void Spear where he played mid against Secret, and he went like 16-1-20 or something uh, with 200 ping. And everyone's like, BSJ, are you going to stop complaining about your 85 ping in Arizona now? <laughs> and I said, if he does that multiple times, then I will shut the fuck up. But uh, couldn't do. It. I just refuse to believe it's overcomable, like, uh, it's just like having nice gear for your for your sh- for sportswear. Like having nice shoes is like one guy's running in no shoes and the other guy's running with a nice pair of track shoes on. It's like it's just not fair when both people are world class level of te- of players. Uh, I would almost be more upset if OG did well in this tournament with the given circumstances. Like fair for even if for my own bias of like. I would look like even worse than I already feel when I look at teams like OG uh, by watching them be able to win with that many handicaps. Like that to me would just be insane. So um, obviously I don't want to ever look at these online tournaments and say these teams aren't trying, but I do, I do very seriously take into account these like handicaps that they, that certain teams will have to face. And like it's not like their group is exactly easy. Uh, it's like NIP that was Chicken Fighters. They look great at ESL Online Alliance. Uh, almost surprises me by going top of the standings, but Team Nigma was fifth. I mean that kind of says a lot about the quality of teams in the European Region League. So um, it's like not you're not asking OG to beat the to, to beat you know crazy or quincy crew or zoomers you're asking them to beat team nigma team secret team liquid team alliance so even though liquid looked really rough at the esl online tournament they clearly figured their shit out in the last couple series i would have predicted them to do well in the next tournament that they were in so yeah uh they really are a hit or miss team team the new team liquid i'm sure you're very well aware uh-huh. um they either really have their shit together or they got nothing together it's like nowhere in between so um every tournament they ever play and i'll think top five or last for them yeah for sure. uh, kyle said it bad he actually said that similar point recently where yeah they liquid when they're on point they, they seriously look like a top five contending team when they're not really on point they look like they're not even in the top 15 in the world like top 20 arguably so yeah very all over the sentiment. place first time i've ever agreed with kyle but cannot <laughs> deny it this time around yeah, it's yeah they had they had the victory over Secret, which was huge, of course, and that really got people talking again. It's like, all right, Liquid's back, baby. So we'll see how long that lasts. But yeah, as you mentioned, they and Alliance are currently moving on. Uh, you have Secret, NIP, and Nigma are the three teams that are competing for those last two spots in the European region. Now, of course, NIP to reiterate, that's that new roster picking up Chicken Fighters of Charlie Supreme, Saberlet, Aaron, Seneco. So, but the fact that NIP is even in that contesting spot, actually in a very good position to be in the top four. Uh, Nigma likely to be a team that's knocked out unless uh, some crazy stuff happens. So um, this uh, new NIP squad certainly proven to be a good pickup, and we had the discussion where you know picking up a team like this um, that maybe isn't as known for such an organization are we surprised? But you were pretty confident that it, that it made sense, and it certainly is uh, working out so far. I think it's fair to say, especially if they qualify for the playoffs. Uh, Absolutely, in this event. So. The CIS region, on the other hand, uh, interesting uh, playing out there. Hellraisers is actually on top. Hellraisers' current roster is Nix, Kasani, Funnick, Roger, and Maposhka. Always ever-changing in the CIS region, so got to look at those rosters constantly. Um, VP Prodigy. Now, this is one of the interesting storylines here. Uh, they qualified in the... They had to qualify. They weren't in the invited team, but uh, Virtus Pro having kind of a second team similar to OG Seed. Uh, but a lot of familiar names on this squad, certainly with FN, DM, Save, Ein. Um, so at least a couple of those, certainly. But yeah, they actually are looking very impressive uh, already qualifying for the playoffs. Um, Navi also already qualifying. One team that hasn't qualified yet is VP. VP, Fly to Moon, and Team Spirit 
are the last three remaining teams. Only one of those teams will go to the playoffs. So obviously VP, the surprising story there, especially with their very recent success out of ESL. But a couple of couple of minor patches, and then well, yeah, there's. How do you pronounce it? I swear, every time I see that name, I, I want to say bait. I, I say baited for some reason. I just like to. Uh, <laughs> for some reason, baited. Yeah, it feels like it should be that, but yeah, bait is not uh, doing too too hot initially, at least. But the good old O ten, the 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 donut. <sighs> yeah. Hey, knowing Dendy though, he's just he's having fun, right? He's just having fun with it. Yeah, I refuse to believe there's anyone in the world that can. Like, maybe they'll <laughs> be not tilted, but you cannot have fun playing Dota and losing. There, those two things they just don't like. They just don't go together. Fun and losing in Dota is not a thing that actually exists. I believe. Well, they have, that's my opinion. They, they have but, one more chance. They they get one more game, even though, even though they're eliminated. So maybe some life there. Maybe they'll pull a liquid from uh, from ESL. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bad memories there. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the uh, we play event going on again. The playoffs on Star Cell by next week. We'll actually should uh, potentially be deep into those playoffs. So be fun to look at there and see how that's all working out. Um, other events, man, not, not a whole lot, uh, to go over here. There's the Dota Pit, uh, online league. They have one for the China region as well as the European CIS region that they plan to do later on with a pretty hefty prize player of 150,000. So, uh, China league going on right now, uh, just in the group stages, but yeah, again, not really much to go over. Just something to keep in mind if you're looking for some Dota 2 to watch. Uh, that's, uh, has, uh, all the top tier teams in China though going at it uh and then oh yeah might as well bring this up too so an announcement happened today with uh blast dota or blast premiere they're actually a very popular organization that runs uh, some successful counter-strike go events specifically and they just announced that they're getting involved in dota 2 and they're going to be hosting uh a dota 2 event uh, one that they call what do they call it Blast Pro Series, it looks like. Blast Pro Series. Yeah, Blast Dota's or Twitter. Okay. So it, it has something to do with Bounty, though. Um, should have had this premiere. Bl- Blast Premiere. Yeah, Bounty Hunt. That's what it was called. Ah. Yeah. So it, it's kind of a... It, it, so that, that's what I wanted to talk about this real quick. It, it's a unique format of sorts where it's not just your typical tournament... Uh, but they're going to be having uh, all these, you know, very good teams in the European region uh, competing in best of threes. However, there's a bounty on the line every game, essentially, um, or every series, I guess, more so. But so a team start with fifteen thousand dollars, and then forty percent of their bounty is up for grabs every time they compete against another. So basically, you're putting up a portion of this "quote unquote" prize pool that you have already every series to then be earned by the other team and take away from you. Oh, I see. So you taking the first game off of somebody is more important than taking the third game off of them or something. See, I don't know if it's by game or series though. Well, either way, I'm just saying that like, if you win a series, the first series is worth 40% of 15 grand. Yeah. while The next series will be 40% of like 11 grand, exactly or, you know, nine grand or whatever. So, uh, okay. Yeah, that's cool. I like that idea. It's different, right? It's it's yeah. it's not you know not to say we another event you know what it would be fine too, but I I like the innovation here. I like the being somewhat unique, and um, it, yeah, according to their math, they say teams can can be winning up to even ninety six thousand dollars. So that fifteen k could turn into almost a hundred k. Yeah. So <laughs> what I understand though is you could turn it into like seventy k, but then lose one series and drop twenty eight k of it. <laughs> it's crazy man <laughs> yeah so if you're like if you're five and oh there's even more incentive to like not f- screw around because yeah. you're you're risking like if you're five and oh against an oh and five team imagine they've got like 2k in the bank and you've got you know 70 something k and suddenly like you know if you win you basically get nothing you get like 500 dollars or whatever and if they win they get you know 28 grand so Suddenly, I, I could see that getting real spicy. I like. Mm-hmm. This is fun. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to this. I don't. Are there dates uh, held from? Oh yeah, June 9th through the 13th. So there's even dates out there as well. There you for go. That. So it's a little bit further down the line, but uh, again, the announcement coming out earlier today. Even so, I figured 
want to make a point, especially with the unique format, and they definitely had success in CSGO. So. I'm a bit of a gambling man myself, so I definitely <laughs> like seeing tournaments where somehow they've turned a series where it's like one team that's 5-0 and and one team that's 0-5, and, and there's a lot on the line. I like that. Well, it's you, know, you say that. I'm not, I'm not trying to fully advertise this event, but they actually do have a fan predict game as well to it where $5,000 is going towards fans predicting uh, each of the matches somehow with some bounties involved. So oh, okay. <laughs> even more incentive. Yeah. No. Nice. So there you go. Get all your gambling needs there <laughs> from uh, the Blast Dota bounty hunt. All right. But that's in June, so we got some time before that. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, that pretty much, uh, does it then for this week's episode. The, uh, oh yeah, the China Pro League also happening, but once again, I've already mentioned that before, so you can check that out too. A lot, a lot of Chinese Dota certainly taking place. A lot of European CIS Dota, a lot of Chinese Dota. What, what regions are we not seeing a lot of? NA's not, uh... NA just had that, now. uh, Beat Invitational, so shout True. out to four Zoomers for taking the entire thing from uh the likes of crazy and, and that's right Crew. that's right they did so smaller event there but there was some love so that, that is sammy true. boy is back is he yeah he won that tournament <laughs> all right sammy boy's back then exactly all right and on that note i think uh that's a good spot to start officially wrapping up though um had, had a fun, some fun discussion today hopefully you guys enjoyed as always ladies and gentlemen uh feel free to follow us even subscribe if, if you would like it does help support not only our podcast but the podcast under the prediction esports umbrella so uh, we appreciate you tuning in as always and again we plan to keep the live recordings going every monday here at 7 p.m eastern obviously some slight schedule changes may happen uh we'll let you know if that does but uh, that is our default schedule and for those uh, listening on your podcast uh audio of choice i want to thank you and look forward to next week's already but bsj anything else i'm good man all right we're officially doing it then have a good night guys we will see you next time on the wombo combo podcast whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.